Hey everybody, welcome to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast, dedicated to raising awareness, sharing IBD stories, and offering support for those with Crohn's and colitis. Together, we can share knowledge, experiences, and help show the world the many faces of IBD. Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today for another episode of the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Crohn's warrior since 2006 and lifelong fitness fanatic. My guest today is Patrick Lee, who is the co-owner of Tropical Smoothie Cafe in Hicksville, New York. Diagnosed in 2007, Patrick has been learning to manage his Crohn's disease through a combination of medication, diet, supplements, and lifestyle. Thank you so much for joining me today, Patrick, and welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good, good. All right, so as we get started, we know, you know, those of us with IBD recognize how different each of our stories are. So why don't you start by telling me your Crohn's story, what led to your first flare and your diagnosis? Okay. Well, uh, um, it's, it's been a long time since I explained to anyone about um, how I was diagnosed, but mm-hmm. I'll try my best. Yeah. So um, leading up to my um, freshman year in college, I actually never had any issues mm-hmm. with, uh, you, know, you know, just in, uh, with the digestion in general. But uh, upon entering um, freshman year in college, I maybe it's due to stress or just change in the environment. Mm-hmm. I uh, caught this stomach flu, and uh, I was weighing around 178, 180 pounds at 511 mm-hmm. uh, around weight. And I've been always athletic, you know, just trying to um, do things that are, you know, that you're meant to do as a human being. That's you know what I always had in my mind, and. Um, um, from that stomach flu, I lost about 15 pounds, 15 to 20 pounds in a week. Wow. So I wasn't able to eat anything. I was having, you know, all those, uh, TMI symptoms, uh, mm-hmm. of a stomach flu. And, uh, I just literally, uh, had, um, just, pl- I just ate plums, uh, peaches of shit, just fruits mm-hmm. in general for the whole week. And, you know, that's how I, um, recovered. And, uh, from there I got another stomach flu within a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, yeah, I was literally going to the bathroom 30 to 35 times a day with, um, uh, it's too much information, but you know, blood. Yeah. Well, we've all been there. I, Those yeah. of us with, with yeah. IBD, we, we've been there. I've yeah. been there. So you, the audience here knows and, and appreciates you sharing. So, but yeah, go ahead and, and continue. Um, so, okay. So I went to the ER, um, and they gave me actually, um, like flagell, the uh, antibiotic. Mm-hmm to see if that's gonna, you know, that was gonna calm me down, but it didn't help. So I ended up um, making an appointment with uh, Gastro, uh, and he told me that maybe we should do a colonoscopy. And from there, the biopsy confirmed that I, you know, had auto, you know, Crohn's. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I got diagnosed. It wasn't the best because I was, you know, it was just my first uh, semester in college. And yeah. It happened. It was. Uh, it was a lot to take in. I mean, for anyone uh, who gets diagnosed in the first time, it's it's a lot to take in. You have to be. On, they tell you you have to be on medication for the rest of your life. How did you and, process um, it yeah. when you when you first heard that and started learning medications and what it was going to entail? How did you process it? Did you lean on people or just kind of start researching and learning more about it? Did any of that help? Yeah, well, I, w- I was doing a lot of research. I was um, studying biochem at the time. So mm-hmm. this was something that 
kind of uh, intrigued me. I, I didn't know there were diseases like this um, that people were suffering um, mm-hmm. with. I just had no idea. And um, just being diagnosed with this, it was, um, I took it as like a challenge, but at the same time, it was just so much to take in. And, you know, I was asking, uh, wh- why me? Right? Mm-hmm. Why me? Why Why does it need to happen, you know, to me? Uh, I was just questioning a lot of that. I had, you know, a lot, I was confused. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't uh, mentally, uh, I wasn't, you know, in a great uh, state at the time. I had a lot to, I had a lot of things happening with uh, friends and family uh, due to uh, making, um, you know, being stupid and make, making mistakes uh, as a teenager. And uh, it was, you know, I just didn't want to tell people about it. So only my family members knew, my brother, uh, my mom, and uh, maybe like two of my friends. I just, my pride didn't. My pride didn't let me um, like share it with other people, mm-hmm. and uh, I, just people around my age they don't really talk about things like this, and it's just not normal. So yeah. I kept it away from most people. Yeah, I think that's so common with so many of us because it is—it's not necessarily common dinner conversation, especially for the younger generation. And so I think it—I um, know I had so many of the same thoughts that you were just talking about when I was diagnosed that. You know, you kind of, you view it as a challenge, but it, it's a lot to take in. It's hard to process, and it's not something you, you want to talk about. And so it's it's definitely difficult that way, because I know for me as well, I, just my family knew, but I didn't, I really didn't talk about it for many, many years. So. Yeah. Well, but, um it's just embarrassing in general. Yeah. It's just embarrassing to talk about it. But that's why I think, especially conversations like this today, I think it's so important to start sharing. And it really invigorates me and excites me to see so many people out there starting to talk about and share their stories. Because just like you, I had no idea what Crohn's disease or that Crohn's and colitis, anything like this existed until I got it. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you're in a whole new world. So. Yeah. You seem to be like you're in a, a good spot right now from talking with you a little bit before. It sounded like 2018 was a really rough year, but you seem to be managing everything really well and in a good spot. So tell me, what did it take you to finally get to this point? Well, you know, no one knows exactly how the future is going to turn out. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, hoping that things will turn out for the better in 2019. But uh, I just went through a lot of things. I spent uh, I spent thousands of dollars. I went to uh, California. I went to this um, Jeju Island in Korea to learn about acupuncture, Eastern medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a bunch of. I also saw like an integrative doctor. Um, his name is Dr. Ronald Hoffman in mm-hmm. New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing doctors like that, they don't accept insurance, so it, it was just way too costly. But you know, I just knew that I had to see people. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are the experts uh, in this area to get better. But uh, even after trying all those things, I always uh, relapsed within four or five months of trying it. I tried Humira, uh, Remicade, and Tibia. They all failed. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with the, you know, prednisone. I have to be on at least like 120 milligrams, 80 milligrams. It's pretty high dose mm-hmm. um, to, you know, get me settled down. Um, it just... I don't know. I think I'm in a good position, but it's just, uh, I think I got lucky at the same time from trying all these uh, different things like CBD oil, Kratom. Mm-hmm. Um, I am taking um, Stellar injections just, you know, just to be safe because yeah. that's something that 
I haven't really developed uh, like tolerance to yet or mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't become immune to that medication. So I'm taking that every uh, eight weeks or seven weeks, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, around that time. So that's what I'm doing. And um, anxiety was a big issue for me. Uh, it's It's been always the big, biggest issue since getting diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't even drive. I couldn't even do it. Like, I couldn't even go outside because anxiety was so bad. My I, The palpitation uh, that, were, that I was experiencing in, in like maybe 2009, 2010, leading up to um, you know, from getting diagnosed, it was way too much for me to handle. But uh, I gotten better at managing it. You know, exercising alone uh, just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it took what, a lot of... Um, it, what are some of the ways that you found to manage that anxiety and, and to be able to get past that hurdle? Uh, I mean, meditation is one of them, but, mm-hmm. you know, not everyone can get into that state of mind, you know, to meditate. So I did a lot of research and there's an amino acid called uh, L-theanine and it's pretty much found in green tea, but you have to drink like copious amount of it to even get like 200 to 500 milligrams of L-theanine. And mm-hmm. from just trying that out, um, I took it for, I took it every day for months and I just, you know, wasn't really anxious anymore and mm-hmm. I got off of it. I only take it as needed and mm-hmm. uh, it just it got better uh, from taking that. I feel like um, these supplements though, people think that you get addicted with anything, but it's not, I don't think that's always the case, but people yeah. have that kind of uh, stereotype. Um, in their mind, but uh, you can always, you know, cut down and yeah. And I think when do people better. don't know exactly what a supplement does or what it is, then there's a tendency to maybe reject it or push it away. So it's definitely worth if it's something you hear about, researching it and looking into it to to give it a try. That you know to know what the facts are. That you know, and what to do yep. in your own in your own plan with it. So yeah. So how did you get into the meditation? Because I always find that interesting. Did you was meditation something that came naturally to you, or did you follow uh, different guidance or advice on how to do self meditation? Uh, it's uh, well because my mom's uh, she's a Buddhist, um, mm-hmm. so I actually volunteered and went to a Buddhist like a Zen center mm. um, in high school. It was like a Korean um, like a Buddhist Zen center uh, located in Queens. There's one really big one. And I pretty much went there every Sunday and we, you know, it, it's pretty much, uh, the, we talk about things that relate, relates to like, uh, um, like psychology in a way. It's like a study of your true self. Mm-hmm. We talk about a lot of things like ask your, like things like asking yourself who you are, who's your you know true self. And we have discussions. It was, um, it was very different. Um, it's something that I never really get to experience you know, outside of that place. And uh, going there every Sunday um, helped me you know, how to meditate. Mm-hmm. And um, even though it's like considered as the Asian thing uh, a lot of times, I don't think it should be considered like that. It should be open to more people. Mm-hmm. I know that it's more open to people now, but not a lot of people get to experience that kind of uh, um, you know things. And that's how I got into it. But I stopped going... <laughs> Once uh, I entered the college, mm-hmm. I, uh, I just go on and off here and there uh, with meditation. Though yeah. it's a lot to juggle in life <laughs> as we yeah. the more we start taking on. So let's talk a little bit more about supplements and diet and lifestyle. Are you you mentioned the L-theanine and 
Are you have, mm-hmm. since that time have you been trying different supplements that you have found do work or maybe they do not work? Um, and then talk yes. kind of segue from that, and then we'll talk about some food and other stuff. Okay. So um, at my worst point in, um, with Crohn's, I. I went down to 105 pounds. Oh, wow. While, you know, staying Paul at 5'11". I actually have a photo of, you know, myself, um, you know, in my Instagram page when I weighed that much. But uh, I, I was literally eating just rice, cooked, uh, soft-cooked, you know, rice, white rice mm-hmm. for two months, nothing else, just water. Mm-hmm. Even drinking a lot of water made me have, uh, like, you know, stomach pains, like intestinal crampings. Mm-hmm. And I have to use the bathroom within, like, 30 minutes of drinking water, which is... Uh, pretty yeah, bad yeah. and I was still taking you know cortic- you know, steroid prednisone and they just didn't work um, and uh, as years went by uh, I just started you know, trying different supplements and the Kratom is something that I found in mm-hmm. 2016 it's, it's a very controversial um, you know I guess supplement you said it's creatine right uh, no no Kratom uh, Kratom K-R-A mm-hmm. yeah Kratom so C R A T U M. I'll kind of write yeah, that down. C R A T O T O M. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that. That'll be um, interesting. Yeah. T- tell me. Tell me more. <laughs> sure. Um, so it's uh, it, the scientific name for this is uh, Mitrogena speciosa. It's like it's a plant. It comes from a plant that's related to like a coffee plant, mm-hmm. and it's grown in countries like Malaysia, uh, Thailand. And uh, the FDA, uh, you know, they've been trying to ban it for years now because people are able to get off of, like, opioids, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, suboxone, things like that from taking this and uh, have less withdrawal symptoms. So the way it works is it it targets the, it kind of uh, targets the opioid receptors in your brain. So you could say that um, it works like, you know, a painkiller, but... You could lower it. You could come off of it easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on the individual. You know, anyone can abuse anything. Even coffee, someone can abuse it. Right. Know, anything. You know, even with uh, water, alcohol, we you can. can abuse ab- it. Even yeah. water, we can have too much of that. So. Yep. And uh, I also have fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. I have this uh, pain all over my body. Um, it's inexplicable pain that I have all over my my body. I developed it maybe in 2015, mm-hmm. and. Um, having like pain every day wake up and waking up it just it made me so depressed i wasn't able to do much throughout the day i was just in bed for you know pretty much uh 12 13 hours just in, you know in bed doing nothing you know yeah. just staring at the ceiling i had a lot of you know times like that and made me depressed made me have a negative thoughts and uh up on it's, i i was on reddit and i found kratom that's how i found kratom mm-hmm. and um I found a person who actually sells it, but they don't call it a supplement just in case they get sued or due to the liability issue. Hmm. They sell it as like um, um, like a scent, oh. uh, something, like candles yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got it off of um, him on a website and I reached out to him, you know, what it does and what people take it for. And he said that a lot of people with like back pain or, you know, after, you know, coming off from like a car accident, you know, people go on opioid, you know, literally drugs, right? Uh, mm-hmm. The painkillers. And they get hooked on it. And he told me that people who get hooked on those um, um, painkillers, they, once they start taking freedom, they can come off of it safely without having, you know, such you know, bad withdrawals. That, so 
That's mm. how I got into it. But I, you know, I just hate the fact that I have to be taking something every day. I, right. I just, I'm, I don't have a addictive personality. So, you know, thinking about the fact that you have to take something every day, that just isn't me. So I hated that, you know, notion. Mm-hmm. So I was taking it maybe once or twice a week. But one, when I, you know, took it the first time, um, it, the pain scale, you know, maybe let's say it was at eight, went down to three or two on good days, you know, after wow. taking within 30 minutes of taking it. So that's significant. And, uh, that's why, it, yep, yeah, it's, it's really big. And there's so many different strains. So you have to uh, make sure you have to, uh, you try different strains to find out which one works for you. And uh, once I found the right strain and I started rotating like the strain so that you don't develop tolerance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and from then, it's like with the pain management, it's gotten better. I don't take any Tylenol. I don't take aspirin. I, I mean, you're not supposed to be taking aspirin or mm-hmm. ibuprofen in general for Crohn's, you know, because right. yeah, I'm sure you know. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, with Kratom, uh, my appetite sometimes, it just comes back um, because I'm in less pain. And I can work out, you know, better um, from t- you know taking it. I just have, uh, I just became a, like a more functioning person, yeah. Uh, in general, from taking it, yeah. And CBD oil for insomnia, it, it worked, uh, you know, a great deal for me. So then, do you um, continue to take the kratom now periodically? Do you take that or consistently? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I only take it as needed because uh, mm-hmm. um, some days, you know, if you have. Uh, if you were doing a lot of things, let's say you did a lot of things the uh, day before and uh, maybe ate something that you're not supposed to, the next day you're not going to feel at your best, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, on those days, I make sure to take it uh, maybe once or twice a day mm-hmm. so that I, you know, stay um, myself and do the things yeah. I need to do with work. And uh, you just become on, I don't know if it's um, from euphoria. You yeah. do get like slight euphoria, but it's not like you get high off of it. Right. Um, but yeah, I just uh, became more uh, a functioning person in general from taking. So I take yeah. it maybe, I would say three, at least three, four times a week. And I only take it like twice a day if I need to. Maybe three times if I'm, you know, if it's really raining out, the weather's bad and be- making me feel even mm-hmm. more crappier than that's uh, what I do. And I only drink uh, black coffee, uh, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you take Kratom with coffee, uh, we just become more focused and <laughs> it gives you that um, yeah, awareness that you don't usually have. Um, you might say um, you could become addicted to it, but as long as you control it and mm-hmm. take it you know, at the times that you need, um, I think people will be, most people will be okay with it. Sounds I'm like not a, a doctor, so I can't say much. Yeah, that sounds like a good approach, a good way to, to do that and incorporate it. So tell me a little bit more about CBD. Um, That's actually something I've just been recently getting into as well. So tell me your experience with it, what got you down that path, what you've noticed with it, and kind of what you've learned about incorporating that into your lifestyle. Sure. Uh, With CBD, uh, I recently, um, I mean, I heard about it through Joe Rogan's podcast. He Mm -hmm. talked about it all the time uh, and how it's helping them recover with you know, certain injuries, like there's, there's even like topical creams that contain CBD. So that's how I heard about it maybe almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, I went on this, um, website. I, I don't, you know, I don't get paid by them. I don't work for them, but mm-hmm. I went on this website, bluebird, a botanical.com or something. And they sell the six times concentrated versions. 
So it has about 3,000 plus milligrams. Um, I forgot the, do- like the dose exactly, but it's like okay. six times concentrated uh, as opposed to like the regular one. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, uh, you just take it. Um, I actually put it into uh, my own capsules mm-hmm. and I just take it this way. I don't taste it and it goes down deeper into the intestine. That's that's how I take it. Yeah. But um, yeah, if I take too much though, I feel, I do feel sleep, like too sleepy the next day, kind mm-hmm. of like less motivating um, in general. But uh, I, if I take the one, I'm, I can't sleep or when I'm, you know, feeling anxious at night, uh, it helps me go to bed uh, faster and I actually give it to my family members and they benefit a lot from it. And just body aches in general, it helps a lot. And I did notice that um, like the stomach, uh, intestinal crampings, um, things like that were uh, better from taking it. So with mm-hmm. this and Kratom and a little bit of, yeah, uh, co- I also take coffee bean extract. It helps me a uh, great deal. It has a uh, caffeine, but, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, <laughs> I try not to abuse it, but yeah. What does uh, the coffee bean, coffee bean extract, what does that do or what does it help with? Um, yeah, so it's, it, you know, it's pretty much, uh, it has a lot of, you know, it has caffeine, right? But mm-hmm. um, I don't like to drink things like Red Bull, whatever, to stay awake. But when I need a little bit of um, that stimulating effect to get things done, you know, it's yeah. pretty much like drinking black coffee, but it's in a pill form, so mm-hmm. it's easier. So you don't have to um, get coffee from maybe, you know, Starbucks or wherever, or you, have to, you don't even need to spend time making it at home. So I just have that uh, in my, I guess, car all the time, just in case I need it. And um, yeah, I mean, it also brings down the pain uh, when you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. So it, it it just works works together like um, you know has a synergy effect with all those things. That's fantastic. Do you feel like this is yeah. the best control you've had as far as management wise? Do you find that all of these different things are finally allowing you to be in a a good spot right now? Yes. Um, so, so Stephanie, I was in a really bad state um, earlier this year, though mm-hmm. uh, mentally. Uh, I just had a lot of negative thoughts and I'm sure you do too, but I, yeah. you know, everyone has uh, bad days here and there. And all I want for people to, you know, um, be is, you know, their best version, you know, if they can, if they try, yeah. um, you know, throughout the day. And that's all I want for myself so that I could help others when I need to. And I could do things, you know, so that I could get them done when I need to, you know, with work. Uh, so I have a lot of papers to um, go over uh, on daily basis in general. I also do payrolls, et cetera, mm-hmm. for my uh, employees. So, you know, it's just all these things, com- you know, combined, it's just helping me, uh, you know, stay on top of my game. Yeah. Um, same with uh, going to the gym. Like some people think that you have to exercise no matter how bad you feel. But when you're flaring, going to the gym isn't going to make you better. I mean, exactly. if you do lightly, yes. But then if you go too hard, that's going to make you worse. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to recover. So um, there's a lot more things I take. I'm also into nootropics. It's uh, it's a group of supplements that help you stay. It, it just brings up your um, you know cognitive performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're considered as supplements. So I guess they're kind of natural. But with anything, like I said, you can you can get hooked on it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of like the racetam, like oxyracetam. You could take choline. Uh, CDP choline, uh, choline, uh, just combining things to, uh, so, you know, so that you function better. There, there's so many things that people can try, just that they're not 
you know, they, they don't read about it or hear about it that often until you know they find like a YouTube channel or run into someone on Instagram that maybe is uh, advocating it. Yeah. So it's it's hard for regular people to even like hear about it. You know, so there's a lot of things you can try. Which is why I think it's so important for us to talk about and share our stories because you never know. Just hearing one person's experience or story with something can really be you know life-changing in your own life i know i know for me all of the different people i've i've listened to and followed over the years i take a a little bit from each one and i'm able to try and optimize and find different things that i never would have thought about before so i think it's really important to share and, and to do that and I also, I mean, we're in this game together. So, exactly, you know. exactly. And I also kind of just want to touch on, you mentioned just the emotional side of it. I think people don't talk about the mental battle and how difficult it can be with IBD because it's, it's almost as if you're one day you're feeling good and you're on top of your game and then you have mm-hmm. one setback. But because it happens so often, the setbacks just make you spiral so hard and fast because you were they come on so abruptly or just out of the blue. So I think, I think that's important to talk about as well, just finding that support, sharing stories, building your support network, and knowing that we are fighting this together, that we're not alone, that can help you through yeah. some of those mentally challenging times. Yep. Um, I mean, I do see a, a therapist once a week, mm-hmm. um, even two years ago. Um, I was against uh, seeing, you know, the psychiatrist or therapist in general because I thought I wasn't crazy. (laughs) Right. I just didn't (laughs) want to admit that I needed help. Had some stigma uh, um, to it or just, yeah. And um, my thoughts changed. My perspective, you know, changed. And I just thought that as a human being, we're in this together and Mm -hmm. you should seek for help if you need to. And if you have all the resources that you need, you know, you have to um, get help, then why not, right? And right. talk to them and get the help that you need. I mean, why do we even pay insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that you could <laughs> to get help. get help. That we need. Yes. Yeah. So if you're paying for insurance and you're not even doing, you know, you, you're not even using it, what's the whole point of paying it, right? I mean, yeah. Um, so I started seeing um, therapists here and there um, once a week or, you know, once every two weeks. And it's been very helpful. You know, I get the insights from mm-hmm. the therapist that I, you know, pretty much will never um, have um, just from my perspective. And right. that's been, you know, it's been a good thing. That's um, wonderful. But I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know if I should admit this, but <laughs> <laughs> um, back then I was really just down with everything. And I decided to, I'm just admitting it because mm-hmm. I think people need to talk about it more often. I yeah. decided to admit myself to our psych work mm-hmm. myself. So I drove down there. And told them that I was feeling this way and, you know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And the thing is that I had no idea that they lock you up. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I honestly, I had no, I, I thought only, this only happened in the movies. So right. they lock you up and they pretty much, I don't know, they just set you up with a group of people in this, in this uh, limited space. And you have no access to phone. You just eat crappy, like sugary mm-hmm. um, food um, that they give you, and talk to the psychiatrist maybe once or every two days. Mm-hmm. To talk to a counselor. So I was there only for about three, four days because they knew that I wasn't 
you know, like the press, the press, you know, trying to, you know, maybe right. kill myself or anything like that. But you had so the, the knowledge here. and responsibility enough to say, I need help and this is the route yeah. to do it. And so that's really yep. commendable. I was, yes. So how so, was, how um, was that yeah, process? Got, it was life changing. Um, seeing things that I never thought, you know, happened. like there's so many things that went on in there. I noticed you know, I was uh, attending group therapies in there and some people actually chose to be there mm-hmm. because they didn't have family and they were always in pain and they didn't have money to pay for their rent or buy you know, food for themselves. So it was very shocking um, to me. It was, I got very emotional up on um, you know, getting out of the place because there are so many things that people experience that you just don't hear about or you, you just don't see. And there's so mm-hmm. many unfortunate ones. Um, that you just not in touch with and uh, just being in there, you know, being away from your phone, uh, you know, just with a group of people who, you know, need help in general right. with uh, their mental, mental state. It, it was just life changing. I can't put it in words. It was life changing in general. I mean, so I appreciate uh, this life a lot more now. Yeah. But it's it's uh, it's very sad to see some people who are like that. Even they're they're like uh, forty, fifty years old, and they have that kind of mindset. And they and some are war veterans. You know, they've been in wars, mm-hmm. and they are still suffering from, um, you know, the PTSD. PTSD. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing, as in like it's it's crazy how things are uh, playing out for them. Uh, they they need more help, you know. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no one, you know, size, you know, fits all kind of solution for uh, every individual. So yeah, true, for anything, really it's for anything. Our our minds and our bodies are so complex that it really is a process. No matter what it is we're battling, it's really a process to find support, whether it's emotional or nutritional, you know, mental, physical. Finding that support and getting the tools we need to battle whatever it is we're battling is important. So that's really a remarkable yeah. situation that you were in and that it was able to change and be so profound for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, but uh, life-changing uh, in a good way. Um, yeah, so I just want to help people if I can. You know, I'm not going to neglect myself to other help other people, but... I just want to help people when I can, you know, I'm, some people take it the wrong way. They think that I'm trying to make money off of them or mm-hmm. you know, have some sort of intention, um, behind all that. But look, it's, I don't, it's, it's sad to see that some people see it that way, but it's not like that with me. Yeah. But, so, yeah. So tell me, when did you have the big, you know, all of these things are life changing. And when did you finally say to yourself, I'm going to start sharing my story and really becoming an advocate the way you're doing now and, and sharing openly and talking about Crohn's disease? When did that happen for you? So, um, well, I always liked helping people, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to make uh, my situation uh, public because of my ego and I guess my pride, it mm-hmm. just got in the way and I never wanted to share about, you know, having Crohn's because, you know, all the symptoms, it's uh, yeah. embarrassing. It's and, not dinner I mean, conversation. Is, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, after this, um, maybe July, uh, uh, you know, 2018 July, um, we had a big event at our, um, you know, cafe. 
uh, we raise money for kids with illnesses uh, for Camp Sunshine, mm. and it you know mm-hmm. costs pretty much twenty five hundred dollars to send one full family so that the, wow. the kid you know who's ill you know they might have cancer or you know kidney disease whatever mm-hmm. they can have fun and be normal under the you know supervision of uh, doctors. So we were having that uh, event, and we had a lot of people come in. And after look, you know, after that day, you know, had passed, I was just looking over what can I do to help more people, maybe bring out the awareness with uh, any illnesses. What can mm-hmm. I do? And I, uh, you know, I just decided to create like uh, Instagram page with uh, maybe like in October. Um, mm-hmm. You know, from that day on, I just it just I just changed, and yeah. uh, I decided to make an Instagram page and um, maybe. You know, just to tell people that even, you know, the person who, you know, weighed around at 105, at 511, you know, can, you know, have life-changing moments and, you know, be functional as a normal human being just like others. They just wanted to make that announcement, you know, so that I could bring out the awareness. I think it's wonderful. the biggest point, yeah. It's so important and it's just... I encourage anyone who's even thinking about sharing a story that they have to to do the same thing, whether it's Crohn's or a different illness. Talk about it. Raise awareness. It's it's important. So talk to me a little bit more about food and lifestyle, because I think from what I gathered, you're you're doing a keto diet. You're also doing fasting. Talk to me because we know as as IBD patients, food is different for everybody. One thing that sets me off is a safe food for someone else and vice versa. So tell me about your experiences with food and what impact it does or doesn't have on your IBD and and where you're at now. Sure. Um, So one thing that I try to stay away from, you know, pretty much all the time is milk. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could have cheese here and there uh, with milk. Um, I mean, I drank a lot of milk as a kid, uh, even in high school. And I was drinking chocolate milk even um, right before getting diagnosed with Crohn's. And I just thought that it makes you stronger, you know, mm-hmm. makes your bone <laughs> more dense. <laughs> you uh, you listen to the that, commercials. You know, <laughs> yep. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's where you uh, become, you know, you get brainwashed. But, um, yeah, so I, ever since I'm staying away from milk, I get less sick now, like with mm-hmm. catching cold. I, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like it's a big change. Like uh, since avoiding milk, wow. uh, I have less phlegm. You know, um, I'm less congested, mm-hmm. and uh, that's one thing I try try to stay away from. You know, at all costs. Um, and another thing um, that I kind of stay away from are nuts. I, I mean, I do consume here and there with mm-hmm. uh, you know some like almonds here and there. But when I binge on them, I do notice that it does cause some issues with like mucus, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. And uh, sometimes like raw kale, uh, mm-hmm. they cause problems for me when I blend them up and just drink like, you know, a bunch of, you know, raw kale mm-hmm. uh, in a juice, like a s- smoothie form. Mm-hmm. With spinach, it seems to be okay. So those three things are, you know, the ones that I stay away from um, at all costs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, refined carbs, uh, you know, wheat products, I try to stay away as much as I can. But, you know, sometimes when you don't really have anything to eat, I do you know, consume them. I'm not going to lie and say mm-hmm. that I am perfect with my diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I do keto at least, uh, I mean, I just consume a lot of, uh, you know, meat products, uh, in general. I try to stay away from pork though, but I do consume pork here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just too, you know, oily for me, fatty. Um, so I try to stay away from pork, but you know, I do consume it maybe once every two weeks or once a week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
I do keto diet, um, uh, maybe three, four days of the week, just you know, uh, uh, veggies, um, stir fried veggies without, you know, like avocado oil, mm-hmm. um, and steak um, is, you know, pretty much what I eat. And uh, some days I do refeed my body with uh, some, you know, simple sugar, you know, carbs or simple sugar that mm-hmm. I get from fruit, like grapes, mm-hmm. and that helps me uh, recuperate from, um, you know, like workouts uh, better. I noticed that, you know, I'm not going to try to be like an Olympic lifter all the time and uh, lift heavy things mm-hmm. <laughs> every day. I just can't do that. It's not about that anymore. Health. I used to be like that with, uh, yep, health, you know, comes before anything. It's about the longevity now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I try to go easy um, most days, even with uh, workouts. Uh, weight is not the you know, the biggest concern anymore. It's not, you know, what I'm looking, you know, more weight isn't what I'm looking to do. Tell me more a little bit about working out because it is a big part of your life and and you're doing obviously some great strength training and some different things to stay fit but balance that with IBD. So are there certain exercises, types of exercises that you found works well day to day or maybe when you're flaring or when you're not flaring? Um, well, I do like cardio here and there now. I'm uh, just running on treadmill with uh, incline. Mm-hmm. Um, I the one thing that um, the one perspective that really uh, you know changed uh, within me is that um, I I want to be functional now. I don't want to be like uh, no offense, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. to people who are so big, you know, like <laughs> meathead. I'm not trying to be <laughs> like that anymore. I, I yeah. used to want to be like that, you know, like those bodybuilders in the cover of covers of a magazine, mm-hmm. right? But for me, it's not about that. I just want to be functional. What's the point of getting so strong if you can't even run a mile without, you know, dying, right? Exactly, <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so that, that's the whole point. I do a lot of kettlebell exercises with like maybe, you know, 45 to 60 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I just do a lot of those uh, functional movements. Um, I did injure my uh, left shoulder uh, two month, uh, recently, uh, two months ago. Mm-hmm. I dislocated it uh, from doing various things about uh yeah mma you know mixed martial arts that's one of the things that i do uh, here and there i uh, go to ufc gym uh here in um on long island in new york and you know it's just it's just uh great you know you feel good you have uh, all these um good hormones you know like uh, things coming out of your brain um you know saying that you feel good um you know dopamine epinephrine they're very uh, big in how you feel if mm-hmm. you're lacking them and, you know, you're just not going to feel good for that day. And just doing um, light cardio and mixed martial arts, it's just helping me feel better. I guess no one really knows what makes you feel good. But mm-hmm. my psychiatrist told me that when you're low on dopamine and, you know, you know, like uh, norepinephrine and things like that, you're not going to be at your best. Right. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's my exercises are affecting it uh, so that I produce more of them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's what I do mostly now. I'm not all about, like, uh, benching uh, like 300, 200 pounds. It, mm-hmm. It's not about that anymore. It's about so, moving yeah. and being healthy and, and living yep. the best life that you can. Yep. So tell me a little bit about, since we know IBD is a disease of remissions and periods of flare-ups, how do you manage? Do you find that there's certain tips or tricks you revert to and rely on when you do go into a flare? How do you prepare your body when you when you feel the symptoms and the signs that you might be going into a flare? Mm, the first thing that pops up is, 
my level of um, I guess tiredness, mm-hmm. you know, fatigue. Like it mm-hmm. just gets to the point where I don't want to uh, get out from my bed and do anything. That's the first thing that um, hits me. But that that tells me that something's wrong, and it might you know turn into a flare. Uh, I can never be sure, you know, if it's gonna happen or not. But yeah. just over the years uh, of trying different things here and there, I became very confident in what I, you know, what things I do to prevent it. Maybe I'm being too cocky about it, but I just became so confident that I know what to take mm-hmm. when this happens and when that happens to prevent it. And even with supplements, I, to be honest with you, I have maybe 150 different like supplements at my house, mm-hmm. and I don't take like, same thing every day. I only I always switch it up so that uh, it fits the you know symptoms that I experiencing or to produce different desired effects so that mm-hmm. I feel and uh, you know I do you know my best. But it, it doesn't always work out. It's always trial and error. Yeah. So I have this journal that I um, you know write down uh, every other day. Not every day, though, but every mm-hmm. other day to see. <laughs> every other day is still me. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's how I deal with it. Um, I mean, if I get into the details, um, I mean, I did get into details with uh, Kratom, mm-hmm. CBD oil, uh, coffee bean extract, but uh, there's so many things you know you can try, and it takes years to um, kind of know what your body is like because everyone's body is different. You cannot you know tell some, someone to take this one thing mm-hmm. and – uh, you're going to be okay because you just don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, same with uh, medications. One thing might work for you, but it might not work for me or other people. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it so takes time. How has the process been kind of choosing which supplements you want to use? Do you just kind of over the years, is it maybe I'm feeling tired, so I'm looking for supplements that'll give me energies and just kind of a one thing at a time, you kind of break it down and discover what it is you need? Or do you have another way to go through that process um so with fatigue uh, i mean it happens a lot more when you're coming off of prednisone right in general for people with uh, ibd right mm-hmm. i don't know if you noticed it but when people are coming off of prednisone when they're lowering the doses uh your adrenals they're not functioning well uh and something for that um i mean there's something called dhea it's like a precursor to like even like sex hormones that you produce uh, with your adrenals, right? Mm-hmm. And something like that could even help with fatigue greatly if you take it in uh, maybe 25 milligrams or 12.5. But you just don't know how it's going to turn out until you try it for days or maybe even weeks. And you know, like, like I said, with these, these, uh, these things, you can't really tell someone else to take it because you know, it might hurt them or maybe mm-hmm. do more damage than, you know, doing good. So you have to, you know, talking to, talk to your doc, doctor yeah. about it. <laughs> you know, they might not give you the best answer. They probably don't even know what to do about fatigue. They say, oh, eat more greens or <laughs> I don't right. know. They, they don't tell me the things that I need to actually get better uh, most of the time. You know? Well, I was just going to ask you, um, how have your doctors responded to all the different things that you've been trying? Do you keep them in the loop? Are they supportive or do they yes. just kind of, they don't know what to do or tell me a little bit about that. So my, my GI doctor, um, his name is uh, Dr. Mordecai Dicker. He's a uh, very open-minded about, you know, a lot of things. So I, do you know about LDN, low dose naltrexone? Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard of that. It's used uh, for people with uh, you know, autoimmune, people with like lupus, even rheumatoid arthritis or MS. 
helps them when you know when it you know works for them. And he never heard of it, and I brought him like the studies, you know, that Penn State did. And upon reading it, he just prescribed it right away. So wow. as long as you find, you know, doctors who are open-minded, and you bring him, you know, back in the studies, I think it's a great doctor to have around. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone who's open-minded like that. And uh, I tell him about everything. Same with kratom. A lot of doctors are against it because they think that. A lot, uh, people can abuse it and they can become depressed once people you know start abusing and they come off of it cold turkey so it, it's a controversial thing with kratom but he's okay with it as long as my pain is down and i'm not taking you know codeine every day mm-hmm. he's happier that you know i'm not taking things like you know um like coding uh for my pain management yeah um so uh, yes yeah, so my, i tell my doctor about everything they're not always supportive Mm-hmm. Uh, about the things I take, but as long as it works and you know shows in the blood test or you know the, your clinical symptoms will show um, that you are getting better or you're staying in remission. And even if your um, C reactive protein level CRP is uh, low, you could still have all the symptoms as a uh, in mm-hmm. IBD patient. That's something that my doctor found in me because my C- CRP level is very low mm-hmm. within normal range, and I was still having bloody uh, mucus, like diarrhea, at yeah. least five, ten times a day. So um, that's something to watch out for. You know, blood work isn't always telling you all the things that you need to know. It's uh, not your the whole story. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, definitely not. That's really exciting to hear that your doctor is so open-minded, and I hope that a lot of people you know, listening with Crohn's feel, feel like they can bring up some of these things with their doctors, and I hope I hope other people have experiences like that because it really is refreshing to hear that you can bring the information to your doctor and he's responsive and helps work it into your overall management plan. It's pretty amazing. But uh, one thing that I haven't tried is um, fecal transplant, but I mm-hmm. did have a C. diff in 2016. So they quarantined me to like a, like a one room and I was uh, in there for a while. But, um, Were they considering uh, a fecal he, transplant for that? Because I know that's a common... Yeah, uh, but they said only if I get it again, then I can get it done at the hospital. So that was my first time getting it. So, yeah, it, it's the law, it's the policy of um, that they have in spot for, um, I guess, New York or North Shore Hospital. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I you, couldn't get that and... Um, yeah. You've been through the ringer. <laughs> There's been uh, yeah, I've been through a lot of things. <laughs> definitely a lot. It's wonderful to hear you being so positive and to hear you constantly seeking ways to optimize your health and always strive for being better. It's yeah, very remarkable. That's, uh, that's all I want for people too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what's the biggest challenge? Maybe you've already told me as we've been talking. What? But what's the biggest challenge you faced since having Crohn's, and how did you get through it? Uh, traveling and making sure that your diet is on point when traveling. You know, it's it's hard to find pe- you know good food mm-hmm. um, you're looking for because you don't know the area and you just don't know uh, what the places around, um, like the hotel that you're staying, uh, mm-hmm. offers. So that that's one of the biggest things that I worry about when traveling. I, I'm going down to Florida in um, like late January um, this month, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one of you know things I fear. And um, when I'm flying, I think I might I might get pulled up, you know on the side for carrying like all these uh, supplements. Yeah, I'm not carrying mm-hmm. like a lot of 
but I do have enough so that they will notice that it's, it might look abnormal. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's another thing when I'm flying. Um, mm-hmm. so Any- those are the any tips for traveling then how do you kind of prepare yourself knowing that you're going to be traveling or staying in different places do you do you have anything that helps get you through those challenges um well with kratom i know that it's banned in certain states Mm -hmm. but in texas i know it's legal in florida i know it's legal too so uh it's not an issue there so i always check with the uh you know the legalities of it uh, before bringing things uh, same with CBD, I, and it's it's legal, but mm-hmm. uh, I just always check on that. And there's something called colloidal silver, which I take maybe five times a year, be- you know, so that I don't get sick mm-hmm. or before getting sick, I try to take it so that, you know, it helps me uh, recover faster. But one time um, I was you know, going to California and I had it in my bag and the agent um, said, what, what is this? And I should have had it in my luggage, but uh, I I was carrying it with me mm-hmm. in a smaller bag that I had. And uh, she stopped me and uh, she was testing it for drugs, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was pretty embarrassing right on the spot, you know, everyone yeah. watching. But it's just, uh, it's just a colloidal silver in the good form. Yeah. But, um, I think I've got a bottle of that in my cabinet somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so is there yeah. is there one thing that you wish people knew about Crohn's disease or colitis but don't? Um, that one, that's very hard to answer for me. Um, I want to share it, but at the same time, I don't want to share it. Like the symptoms, that's, it it just, you know, throws people off. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, talking about bloody diarrhea, it's, (laughs) it's not, you know, like you, like you said, um, it's something that you just can't bring out and people expect people to understand. Yeah. But, and uh, I, I think, I don't know, what do you think though? I think sometimes people, they want to understand. And so I think for me, you know, when I tell people, oh, it's, it's bloody diarrhea, it's mucus, it's cramping, it's pain. And, and they, you know, they want to empathize, empathize and say, oh yeah, I've, you know, had the stomach flu before or this or that. Um, and so they kind of, kind of understand some of the physical gut elements that come with it but I think it's so hard because there's this whole other mental aspect too of just you're good one day you're not the next and there's all these other complications that come with it that it's it's hard to you know just as you've been saying it's it's hard to get over that initial hurdle of all right I'm going to talk about Crohn's and for a lot of us it's bloody mucus diarrhea and how do you talk about that? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. When uh, people ask me about you know, what what is Crohn's, right? I, the, I, I think the best answer that I've um, you know said. I mean, I think this is my this might be the best answer. But um, I tell them that it's like having psoriasis or eczema in your gut. Mm-hmm. So, as in food going down and it's it's already bleeding and I have an open like cut, you know, sores like that, and you're just scratching it down with uh, like a fiberish kind of food, then it makes it worse. Uh, that's how I try to explain it when people, you know, have no idea what it is. Uh, I, yeah. I think that's a, a great way to explain it. It's kind of similar. I've often told people that my body is just eating itself from the inside out and because it, it's <laughs> kind of how sense. it feels at some, <laughs> some points. But yeah, it does, yeah. It is, it is hard to describe. 
So if, if people want to keep up with you and follow your IBD journey, you mentioned your Instagram account. Um, can they follow you there? Can you mention what that is? And is there anywhere else that they can follow and keep up? Uh, for now, I only have the Instagram page. It's a Patrick underscore Ja, J as in uh, Jimmy, A as in Alpha underscore Lee, L-E-E. Um, that's the only thing that I have. But uh, I, I'll try to post up more things that's uh, relevant to IBD. I know that I have a lot of things that's irrelevant to IBD at, at the moment uh, with my Instagram page, but I'll try to put up more things that's relevant to, like, the, um, making sure that you feel good, you know, just things mm-hmm. like that with uh, you know, supplements or Crohn's in general. I'll try, you know, I my think, best to do that more. I think with IBD, though, pretty much everything about our lives revolves around <laughs> IBD. So even though even though you say, you know, some of your posts are not necessarily IBD specific, I think in a way they are because it's it's your life and it's how you're managing life with a chronic illness and, and not letting it hold you down or prevent you from doing the things you want to do and, and always improving and, and getting better. So I think it's important. Yeah, I mean, I just want people to know that if I can do it, they can do it too. And if someone can do it, I mean, I can do it too. I just yeah. want to have that. I just want to put it out there. Just because you have Crohn's, it doesn't mean you're limited to certain things. It just takes time yes. getting to know yourself, your body, your disease. And, um, you know, talking about it will make it better as long as they uh, are starting to understand it or they understand it. Um, you know, but bringing it out to them, to their, um, you know, attention is uh, it's important thing that your friends or your you know close ones. It, it's important now. I think it is. It's um, a great way to just s- trying to keeping it to yourself. It's not. It's not good. Yep, I agree. Well, is there anything else that I didn't ask you today that you wanted to share with the audience? Uh, I mean, Stephanie, I do want to ask you know, how you manage your mm-hmm. Crohn's. I don't know if this is the right time. Maybe I will ask sure. another time. No, but, yeah. uh, I'm sure there are things that I could learn. From you as well. Um, yeah, I, I you know spoke of things that I do. Yeah, I'd love to share. Um, basically, I've gone and I'll do another podcast and go into greater detail about my story. But um, I've been medication-wise, I've used Humira and Imuran were the ones that I kind of had went on and stayed. So when I first got when I first got diagnosed, it took from the time I had my first flare to when I actually got into the hospital, it was probably four or five months from my first flare to when I actually got to see a gastroenterologist. And so at that time, by the time I finally started to get help and care, I was in this weird state of, I was starting to do better, basically because I didn't eat for about six months. And so my, my body started to heal on its own. But so they didn't, they suspected Crohn's at that time, but they didn't want to put a label on me, so they didn't. I didn't get any medications or any help early on, so I kind of went through this gray area of just being symptomatic and not feeling great, but not having, but still being able to function. So it was about three years later. I finally went on Humira. I, you know, they put me on a bunch of antibiotics and other things originally that didn't work. So I did Humira and Imuran pretty consistently for a few years. And that 
that was working, but not 100%. So I still had symptoms. I still had to watch what I ate. And I was still doing the injections every other week. So it was a few years ago I finally decided, let's see if I can control this other ways. And I think it's just because for me, being able to control food and supplements and exercise, I feel like I it gives me control over the disease, which is, I think a lot of us feel like you're just at the mercy of whatever your body is going to do. So it helps me to feel like I have control. I did, you know, I did a whole slew of diets. I did a low carb diet. I did the specific carb diet. And for a little while, I started doing a few years ago, I did a, I made a lot of fermented foods, homemade sauerkraut, fermented foods. I tried to eat all organic vegetables and I, I was doing okay for a while. And I talked with my doctor and he helped. He worked with me to taper off of the Humira and come off medications. And we did a colonoscopy right before I did that to make sure that I was in remission and in the best state to start this experiment when I did it. So he's been really supportive, which was incredible. And so I came off of medication for a while and I was, I was doing pretty good for a while, but then I was dating who's now my husband and so we started to go out every week and and then I'd have a cheat meal you know once a week (laughs) (laughs) and uh, yeah I know (laughs) yeah and the cheat meals were just my downfall and it was probably six months into dating and and we're going through a flare-up and he's living in a a one-bedroom apartment at the time while he's building a house and I'm you know doubled over in pain trying to act like I'm normal <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so. I know that is I mean mm-hmm. I was I was eating like a DQ you know you know for this like a you know dessert with uh, someone that I was you know kind of seeing mm-hmm. um, recently mm-hmm. and even though it's not the best food uh, I mean I shouldn't be eating that but yeah <laughs> you <know. laughs> but you want to fit in and enjoy life and yeah. that's the hard yeah. part but so I, at the time I tried, I mean, I even tried everything like the Atkins Vitanutrient Solution and, and the Atkins Solution was something like 60 supplements and vitamins a day. And, and I tried that for a few weeks and nothing was helping. So I finally, you know, I went back to my doctor. I was like, it's not working and I'm, I'm doing bad. So I went back on medication at that point again. And then I came off and uh, just, I think, it's been maybe a year or two years now that I started, I wanted to come off the medication again. So this is my second time I came off of my medication trying to manage it just through diet. And I was doing a keto diet for a while, but then one this past year, a year ago, January, I started the, the all meat carnivore thing. And, and that's been helping, uh-huh. but not 100%. Right. So... So now what I'm doing where is. Where did you hear about it? Um, I think where I think I stumbled across it on the website called Paleo Medicina. It's it's like an it's a foreign website, and I forget where it's from. But they were talking about Crohn's disease patients following this Paleo Medicina kind of this carnivore style diet, and then I came across a real obscure blog of this other girl who was following a meat only and doing well and then I stumbled across the 
Sean Baker and Joe Rogan's podcast oh, yeah. <laughs> and heard about it there. So once yeah. I once I started learning that people actually ate like this, I was like, I'll jump in and give it a try. So it has been helping. Um, I've been doing that for about a year, but it's not 100%. So I eat pretty much only meat because vegetables just kill me. And then I've started adding in CBD oil recently because I was still having oh. still having symptoms. For me, my mucus is a very like my first sign of things going bad it's just mucus and so I started the CBD oil and it's been really amazing so I've got that in watching my diet exercise definitely helps I think it just makes my body stronger um, to be able to fight and so I'm kind of I feel like I'm I'm walking a tightrope right now I'm um I'm doing pretty good, but, you know, at any minute I might slip <laughs> and fall off. Um, yeah, well, you just don't know with these things, you know? Yeah, uh, you just don't know. You so, don't know how it's going to turn out. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Raw milk, I'm actually a proponent. For me, I find the raw, oh. actual raw straight from the cow dairy does seem to help. So I eat a pretty, pretty carnivorous diet with raw milk and CBD oil. And then some vitamin D because my, my vitamin D levels get pretty low. So I do supplement with that and then K2. So. Well, you know what's interesting, though, with uh, fermented food? Mm-hmm. My body rejects it. I go into a full flare if I take the wrong probiotic. Oh, wow. That's why I never touch probiotics now. Wow. I mean, I, I, everyone's taking it um, mm-hmm. like for Crohn's. I know, you know people take a VSL number three, too, the mm-hmm. prescribed one. And for me, it makes everything worse. I can't even have like um, uh, fermented like sauerkraut, uh, a lot of it. Then I, I'm going to have bloating. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I think it has to do with the intestinal flora. I think you you and I, we both have different, you know, intestinal flora, different yeah. bacteria, you know, obviously living there. Uh, I think that's what it has to do with. Um, but yeah, for me, it, it's, it's weird. I, I can't really tolerate probiotic. That's one thing I... Don't touch and milk mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. Raw milk, I tried it, but I wasn't really agreeing with me. I was getting a lot of uh, bloating, yeah, uh, and out you know, diarrhea too. So I just stopped. Um, even though I drank a lot of milk as a kid, it just things have changed for me. Yeah, maybe because I've taken a lot of antibiotics in between for Crohn's. I was mm-hmm. on Flagwin Cipril all the time when I was flaring, even though my body didn't agree with it. But it was like a standard uh, protocol once yeah. you get hospitalized uh, from what the doctor told me. Well, oh, yeah, I just don't know too. And I think we change over time too because I've noticed foods I'll eat in the past mm-hmm. that now bother me. And so I think our we change and our gut, you know, just you mentioned our gut flora and microbiota. I think that's going to be probably some exciting research in the next, you know, 10, 20 years. But it really does yeah. make a difference I think with probably why some people do well eating meat and other people do well eating vegetables and just kind of our gut makeup and, and what goes in there so it's, it's an interesting yeah, some people change over to vegetarian you know vegan diet and they do well yeah but it's just not for me for yeah me, not, <laughs> not for me lettuce is my Don't uh attack me for that <laughs> yeah I know me too I would love yeah. to eat a salad but salads do not love yeah. me so <laughs> Same. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Well, thank you for sharing yours too. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. And like I said, I'll share a little bit more. I, you know, I don't want to 
make it a two-hour a Joe Rogan podcast, right. but <laughs> yeah, I'll share I'll share yeah. more of my stories. But I'm if you have other questions, I'm more than happy to answer any time. So I uh, I really appreciate you visiting with me today. This has been absolutely wonderful, and I'm so excited that I'm able to meet you, visit with you, share your story, have other people share their stories because it. I really do believe that us getting our experiences out there can help shape other people's experiences and give them some ideas or hope or things to try. So I, I think it's so valuable and I really appreciate you sitting down and taking the time with me today. Yep, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know, it's just a combination of different things, you know, that's going to help people. Uh, you can't just rely on one because uh, if you if it stops working or if it you know, yeah, then you got to think about other solutions. You just have to keep trying things. And if it you know, works for you, then keep going. But mm-hmm. uh, make sure that you have an open mind uh, for other things because they might uh, work even better. Yeah, right, so. that's perfect. That's well said. The best way to put it, just keep an open mind and keep trying. Thank you for listening to the Crohn's Fitness Food Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have an IBD story, either as a patient or a family member, that you'd like to share as a guest on this podcast, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email at Crohn'sFitnessFood at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about me and my Crohn's journey, follow me on Instagram using at Food, or visit my blog for in-depth articles about my struggles and victories with Crohn's through diet, fitness, and lifestyle at www.Crohn'sFitnessFood.com. And finally, remember... Be strong, be grateful, and be the warrior that you are.